Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this special domestic edition of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the blog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. This is where you come to discuss them as a community. Hopefully, this will inspire you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me in a variety of social media platform locations, but starting, of course, with my website at theprofessortravel.com. I can be reached on YouTube, Facebook, and on TikTok now through The Professor Travel. If you're an Instagrammer, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore professor underscore travel. If you are a Twitter-er-er-er, I guess you would say, uh, you can find me there at the Professor TR1. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on Blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am so very privileged to have two of my favorite people here, Matt Allen and Kimber Schaefer from the beautiful and wonderful state of Florida and the great podcast, Fantastic Cruising. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey. We are hey. doing good. How are, you, how are you doing over there, Scott? I'm doing well. A little, we, we've been getting over a little bit of a fire issue here in California, but uh, yeah, apart from that, not too bad. So thank you very much for asking. Um, so for the luxury of my students who have not had an opportunity to meet you, uh, maybe if you can give us a little bit about your credentials and your background, maybe a little bit about your educational background as, and maybe some places that you guys have traveled. Sure. You want to go first? You can go first. All right. I'll go first. I, I always say ladies first. I know. But, okay. That's why you go first. <laughs> oh, snaps. Oh, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> So, uh, so my name is, is, well, you already said my name, but I have a degree in educational studies. So my background is in teaching as far as my education goes. My background is also, though, in kind of zoology, um, herpetology, marine biology. And that is mostly from, I guess you could say, the school of hard knocks. But my, my career path has been heavily in zoos and aquariums. I work now at the Florida Aquarium in Tampa, and I teach marine science and other sciences to whoever will stop and let me tell them about it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> um, so my education is not as exciting. I did go to college for many years for absolutely nothing and nothing to show for it, but that's Yay! cool. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about my education background. That's okay. um, <laughs> as far as uh, travel goes, um, mm-hmm. I've mostly traveled with cruising. Um, I have traveled a little bit here and there, like through the States, but mm-hmm. generally it's uh, cruising is what I like to do. Yeah. And now exactly. we're getting her through Florida. So <laughs> she's been in Florida for what, five years? Five years. Five years. And I'm slowly working my way through Florida. <laughs> Yes, yeah, in fact, I'm going to continue to touch base on your on your on your amazing podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Students, if you are looking for a podcast on anything from cruising to travel to um, cruise creatures and marine biology, this is the podcast to watch because they just have so much. It's it's not just educational, but it's fun. It's a really great. I, I really get enjoyment out of it. It's so fun. You guys do an amazing job every week. You you have me on my Sunday walks every every Sunday. So thank you so much for the work that you guys do. <laughs> Thank so, you. I will continue to plug you as we go through this, but let's move on. So <laughs> let's, him well. Oh, yes. So we're here to talk about Florida as this is the domestic edition. You guys live in Florida. How long have you both lived in Florida for? Um, so I've been you here five, five years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt, and you've been, been there. Here, uh, uh, over 20 years now. I think I moved here in 98 1998, so yeah, about tw- is that 22 years? That's 22. I don't, know. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Years. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So let's talk a little bit about what your knowledge is about the history of Florida. So, um, Kimbra, what, when did Florida become a state? Do we know? 
Oh, it was, uh, I just looked it up. It was 1845, right? 1845, yes. Yes. As far as uh, general history of of the state of Florida, anything stand out to you guys in in terms of either um, older history, local history, um, anything pop up? So for me, there's there's a lot of, of rich, deep history in Florida, and uh, I'm not a, I'm not a history buff. I do enjoy history, but uh, one of the things that you'll find if you travel around Florida is that there's a lot of history to discover. So we had, of course, we had native people living here well before Europeans got here, the Temecula Indians, um, which go back to BCE times, and uh, they were mound builders, really amazing cultures. Uh, we had other Native American people that were here, some that got pushed here when the Europeans got here and, st- and still live here today. And then, of course, we were discovered, basically, by Europeans discovered, uh, by the Spanish. So I think Ponce de Leon was the first one to, <clears throat> pardon me, come over here and found, I think he landed on Cape Canaveral, actually. But but you hear a lot of tie-in with, like, St. Augustine, which is, I think, the first city that was established or first colony that was formally established in the United States, if I'm not mistaken, or, or one of them. And so, you know, anytime you have that much history, when you go to these places... <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. You can actually, you can actually see that with the buildings and the, the architecture, and of course, you know, sometimes even with the people that are still there. So, um, lots of cool stuff. And then I know we've traveled in the last year. We've traveled to St. Augustine, which is an amazing place to visit, and we've also gone to the Florida Keys. And both of those places are heavily touched by a man named Henry Flagler, who is an oil baron and. Um, had a lot to do with establishing those two cities. So in St. Augustine, there's there's all kinds of buildings named after him. He had a lot to do with uh, kind of building that up. It was a turn of century, 1900s. In the Keys, he actually put a railroad bridge through the Keys to connect to out to like Key West and the and the um, Lower Keys. Mm which eventually got turned into an automobile bridge. But before that, you had to take a boat out there. So he really opened that up to a lot of people. And so you, you see a lot of that in there as well. Uh, but that's, I think that's the, the bulk of the history pre-1950s, I, I would touch on. The only thing I know is Flagler, so you got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as from the 1950s to modern era, um, anything really stand out to you? Any, anything that pops up apart from the 2000 elections in Florida? <laughs> right. <laughs> We're trying to forget those. Um, so I think, I think the thing that uh, maybe stands out the most to me in Florida, as far as that kind of thing goes, is 1971 was a big year because I was born, but also hey. Disney World was was born. So hey. Disney World launched in 1971. And, and the reason I think that's such a historical moment for Florida is because Florida is really known for its Disney World. Like, I, I mean, there's, I always tell people when I'm teaching about uh, different ecology or, or places in Florida, I ta- I'll talk about the Everglades and stuff like that. And I'll say, you know, besides going to see that mouse in Orlando, there's all this other stuff to do. But a lot of people, I think, do come down here for, of course, the beaches, and the other reason is for the theme parks, and that's where it all started was with Disney back in 1971. And Brent, anything to add to that, or did he pretty much get it all? He's, he's got that. History is not my thing, and being here only five years, I didn't really do any research before coming, so. Now, in, her, in her defense, Scott, she told me, you know, when we first got together, she was like, I don't really... Like history doesn't really interest me, but that's because all she was really exposed to was, you know, the the high school version of history, which is just jumping from one war to the other. I'm like, no, history is so, so much more rich than that. There's so much more to it. There's art. There's culture. So as we've been going to these places like St. Augustine, like the Florida Keys, uh, we've been experiencing some of this and she's gotten excited about it. So I'm turning her into a bit of a history <laughs> nerd. I, I think that's my goal, at least. A little bit, not like a lot. Just enough, just the right amount. Yeah. Just enough to get the, like, when you go there, it's like, oh, I know that, or I've I've seen something, or I've heard about something like that. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, so let's talk about the geography. Where exactly is Florida located in the U.S.? Talk to me a little bit about, like, what surrounds you? What's in the area? You got a couple countries nearby also. Yeah, so Florida is the southern eastern part of the U.S., Um, and it's it's basically a peninsula. So the north of Florida touches 
when I say Georgia and Alabama, but the rest of it is covered by water. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you got the the Caribbean all around it <laughs> and the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the Gulf on the on the West Coast and mm-hmm. uh, the Gulf of Mexico. And um, and then on the East Coast, you have the Atlantic Ocean. And then in the southern point, it's still technically the Atlantic Ocean, but it goes into that Caribbean area. You've got Cuba, which is, I mean, Cuba is closer to Florida than, than we are in the Tampa Bay area to say Miami. So it's, it's really close. And um, yeah, so, so we've got a lot around us. Um, we're not too far from Mississippi, but um, Alabama slid in there and got a little bit of coastline. <laughs> it's like this is our beach um <laughs> it's so weird the panhandle's so weird because florida's like like camera said it's a peninsula but then you've got like this hangar you know everybody knows the shape of florida and it's like that just goes across like where georgia and alabama would have coastline in the gulf it's like they just didn't get it they they've got to be bitter about that right they've got to be like <laughs> coastline it's it feels like when i originally moved to jacksonville when i moved to florida and i, and I would say that the uh, i'm not as familiar with the panhandle but I, I feel like it's similar in a way to jacksonville in that it feels different like you feel like you're more like you're in georgia or alabama when you're up there where down in tampa you feel a little bit more i think like like a florida feel to it and then anywhere south of of there is going to feel more florida-ish too and what, exa- and what exactly is Florida <laughs> feeling? Because, I mean, I will say when I go down to, like, I've been to Miami a couple of times. Um, I've been to Fort Lauderdale. I've been to Mary Esther, which is close to Pensacola. Uh, you know, pink seems to be a big color in a lot of places in Florida. I know that's <laughs> that's one thing. And that could be because of Miami, Miami Vice. I don't know. Um, but has that always been kind of the, the thing that you've, that you've seen there? Or is that just my yeah. imagination? No, I, I think that's I think that's accurate. I mean, you you get sort of a, a little bit of a Caribbean flair when you get into South Florida, especially, and then you also have a lot of Cuban culture that's mixed in with that, which is which is affected and impacted a lot of our architecture. Uh, but you know, and you have palm trees in North Florida, but you you get down here, you get the mangrove trees, and I I mean, there's there's a lot of different feelings for Florida, and I'm sure it's different for different people. But when I think of Florida, that the Florida that I really love, I think of sort of the the Jimmy Buffett version of Florida. <laughs> um, you know, that sort of laid back uh, nature and alligators and beautiful wading birds and uh, marine life. And, and I feel like that to me is really what Florida feels like swamps. I mean, that's, that's the Florida I love. I don't know if that's well, everybody's well, Florida. The North <laughs> still gets kind of cold. I mean, yeah. cold for Florida, like they've gotten snow before. So it's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to hear more about Florida, they've got a couple of great podcasts on fantasticcruising.com. Take a drink. And, um, <laughs> and uh, for people who aren't out there who, know, who don't know about this, you'll have to go onto the podcast and find out. So there you go. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you guys have a lot of really great stuff available. And I think, I think my students will get a lot from it. So let's talk. So speaking of cold, let's talk about some of the weather of Florida. Oh my goodness. What a dynamic place to live. Um, I hear you guys have some winds and some wet weather sometimes. Yeah. I mean, right now we've got a cold front. It got down to like, what's it was, it was, it was 62 this morning when we got up, which is bitter freezing. I had to pull out the the winter coat. (laughs) Well, the the jacket, whatever. Yeah. The wind. It was chilly. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, we do get winds down here. Of course, right now we're at the end of hurricane season. Hurricane season in Florida is what we call the the Jason month. So uh, July, August, September, October, November. Uh, I can tell you from living here 20 years that the, the bulk of the hurricanes tend to hit in September and maybe a little bit into October, maybe a little bit into late August, but September seems to usually be the biggest point. That doesn't mean that they can't hit in any of the Jason months. That's why they call them the Jason months. But um, hurricanes are a thing. And, you know, people that live in Florida for a while, we, we get a little bit little bit jaded but also a little bit more i think experienced with it so you know we keep an eye on it but um we know when to when to pack up and go so that's the nice thing about hurricanes you know people are like you're crazy live in florida all the hurricanes i'm like you have like three days to leave before a hurricane hits you know so you know you don't get that with a tornado you've got like a minute and it's there so 
you just have the, the question though is you watch these coming in now you know they're all over the news and you can track them on on NOAA and, and a website and you just have to kind of make that determination well how big is it going to be how bad is it going to be what are the odds it's going to hit where I'm at to make a decision if you're going to leave or not I have never left the state of Florida for a hurricane I have taken shelter twice in the 20 years I've been here. And that's, that's all I've had to do. You did evacuate. I did. Yeah. Know, right? So Irma Kane was a couple of years ago. And because of course it was my first hurricane, I freaked out <laughs> because it was going back and forth across the state. And I'm like, where's it going to go? And then like, I don't know, it was like an 11, 10 or 11 PM like update. And it like was going right to Tampa. And I packed up my dog in my suitcase and jumped in my car and drove to Indiana. <laughs> And to be fair, that's the other <laughs> hurricane that I actually did yeah, seek shelter it, for because it did look like it was going to be nasty. It, it ended up, I mean, it, it came over a little bit, but it headed back over to the East Coast. Um, I would have been perfectly fine where I was, but I was freaked out. So I took a 21-hour drive through the <laughs> night. I stopped at a Walmart parking lot, slept for two hours, and then kept going. <laughs> so, like... This is where I'm. I'm a little confused on because I mean I we don't have hurricanes in California. I mean we have earthquakes a lot, um, and it's right. a whole lot of shaking going on. Uh, <laughs> but as far as hurricanes, like, is it just the wind? Is it just the water? Are there storm surges? I mean, like, what exactly are you bracing for? Can you can you stay in your place? I mean, like, what is what what exactly is it? The danger of a hurricane. The, da- the most dangerous part of a hurricane is the storm surge. So it's it's the most dangerous for people that are in areas where the, the water is going to come in and actually move things around, um, cause flooding, but also just the force of the water. The wind can be a problem if it knocks over like a tree onto a home or something like that. Uh, but mostly the wind's just going to do structural, you know, damage, um, if you're in like a mobile home or something, it can be very devastating. If you're in a home that's not very stable, obviously that can be a much worse situation. But when you look at the the people that where the, you know that are unfortunately that that perish in hurricanes, uh, the majority of that is usually in storm surge areas. So depending on your elevation and, and your proximity to the coast, you may be okay if you're in a structurally sound place to just kind of hunker down, uh, but you may not. So if you own a home in Florida, or even if you don't, you'll know where your evacuation level is. It's like a, an ABC kind of system. And they will sort of give you, you know, the state or, or local governments will give you advice on, or they'll tell you in some cases when you have to evacuate. And then you just have to make that call. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if you're like in the middle of the state, if you're in a fairly secure structure, you're, you might take some property damage, but um, you're probably going to be okay unless you happen to have like a big tree that falls over or something like that. But it's not usually going to be too much of a life-threatening situation. There are exceptions. Like there was a really nasty hurricane called Hurricane Andrew that came through uh, near Miami in the, I think it was in the 80s, and um, just devastated Homestead, which is pretty far inland for a hurricane to do that much damage, but it just destroyed it. But that was a really, I mean, that's, you know, that was kind of an exception to the rule. So if it's a, if it, the way, the way I look at it, if it looks like it's going to be a four or higher and it's coming near me, then I'm going to either seek shelter in a place where I feel very secure or I'm getting out of town. That makes sense. I, I would probably do the same thing. So <laughs> on a, on a secondary note, let's talk about some of the fun things and some of the interesting aspects of the culture in Florida. Now, um, in terms of religion, there are a variety, there's a, there's a plethora of religions in that area, I imagine, but, um, the predominant ones, uh, are, like, what would you say there are there? Well, if you, if you get into the bigger cities, you know, um, the Tampa area, the, uh, maybe Sarasota, any of the, any of the areas down the Southeast coast, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, you're, you're going to get the most variety of religion, I think. And, uh, like Southeast Florida has a pretty large Jewish population. I think the Tampa Bay area does as well. Um, the, the rural parts of Florida, which is the majority of Florida is, very rural. Most people live in those major urban centers or along the coast or in Orlando. Um, so most of those, it's very similar to the Midwest, kind of very Christian 
uh, areas. Mm -hmm. But because we do have a lot of cultural diversity from different Hispanic populations and we get people, you know, we have a lot of transplants here in Florida. It's, it's hard to find somebody who lives in Florida who was born in Florida. Yeah, so California. Like, <laughs> they're like an endangered species here. So, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not from Florida originally, but um, so because of that as well, we get a lot of, of diversity and in, in religion as well as, as culture. And language too, obviously. And language, yeah. absolutely. Lots of Spanish speaking, uh, other, other languages as well. But I think, you know, there are, there are places in Florida where you can go and English is not the main language that's spoken. You know, Spanish is definitely a more commonly spoken language. And also because we get so much international tourism, uh, there's certain times of the year when we get tons of people from Brazil. So they're speaking Portuguese. We get a lot of people from Asia, from various Asian countries. So we get, you know, Japanese speakers, Mandarin. Uh, we have, we have a lot of people from India here, so we get Hindi. I mean, we, we get a, a plethora of languages, and um, especially if you go to one of those places where you have um, a lot of people living and a lot of tourism, then you get international tourism. And so you can go to, like, say, Hollywood Beach near Miami, and, you know, it's, it's like, which country am I in? I don't even know. And, <laughs> and uh, you're German, every, everything. So, which I think is really cool. I, I love being surrounded by different cultures. Like I, I just, every time I see another culture, I just find that as a way for me to enrich my life. So for me, it's really cool. That, and that's the thing I like about travel is just, I, and I think I've mentioned this before on your podcast is just the ability to cruise and enjoy stuff and, and go around and, and experience like little, little aspects of culture. I love it a lot. Um, what about the art community over in Florida? What would you guys say about that? Apart from the stuff that you guys do yourself. You guys do your own art. <laughs> right. right. So, yeah. So art is my other passion besides science. So I'm a science and art guy. So right and left brain confused or I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of the, a mixture in some of, some of the historical people. I'm, I'm not claiming I'm as anywhere in their level, but, um, but I, I love art. So in, for example, St. Petersburg, which is across the Bay, Tampa Bay area from Tampa, uh, there's a lot of, of art. There's a lot of art galleries. There's a, there's a fairly decent art museum there that's just a general art museum, Museum of Fine, art, Fine Arts. We also have a Chihuly gallery over there. Uh, we have one of the best Salvador Dali museums in the world in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, you have a lot of art in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. Ringling Museum is a really cool place. Ringling is this, the circus guy, but they have a, a Ringling Museum is actually, there's two buildings that are circus related. And then there's a, in Florida, the biggest art museum I've been to is the Ringling Museum. And um, it's, it's pretty impressive. I'm from St. Louis. St. Louis Art Museum is amazing. So I, I kind of hold everything to a really high bar, but, but, there's, but there's also just a lot of, art in Sarasota. There's also the um, Ringling School of Art in Sarasota. And it's, it's a little more eclectic, I guess, but there's a lot of art there. And I, and I think that that also exists in southeastern Florida, Fort Lauderdale. There's a lot of smaller art museums throughout, a lot of galleries. So, you know, we've got things like Wyland is pretty big sure. here for, for marine science people that like art. He's big well, out here so. in here's, he's big out here in Newport yes. Beach. In fact, I think that's where he got a lot of his start. I wasn't sure, but it's his galleries out here too. I think he did. I think he did. I think there's um, another podcast that I listen to called the cruise dudes and they, they interviewed Wyland and I was really jealous. Oh wow. But he painted a cruise ship. He painted one or his art went onto the hull of a cruise ship and um, they got to talk to him and he has like, I guess, whale murals mm -hmm. all over the place, which I should say that too. So like, I, I know in St. Petersburg, um, there's a there's a strip called Central Avenue, which is very in. It's like like got lots of restaurants, lots of bars, lots of little art galleries. Um, it's very very cool. And one of the coolest things is, it's got tons and tons of murals painted all over the place, wow. and to the point where you can actually do tours of these murals, or you can find the information and do your own tour of these murals. And uh, it's it's really neat. So speaking so of art, art like that, yeah. Speaking of art, tomorrow is October, <laughs> but we're broadcast <laughs> we're broadcasting right now. This the last day of September. Tomorrow is October. I'm kind of curious. Is there something about art in October that you want to mention? <laughs> 
So um, one of the things that I like to do, I've done this for the last two years, is something called Inktober, which is uh, originally put out by an artist named Jake Parker. And the, the challenge is he comes out with a prompt list. So every day has a different word. And you're supposed to draw ideally with, with an ink medium. And every day you, you draw something based on one of these prompts. I've twisted it a little bit over the years. I've done my own fantastic cruising version of this and stuff. And um, the idea is that you, you gain something, you learn something from it, whether it be just the habit of drawing every day, whether it be trying a new medium or a new style or, um, or just like drawing stuff you wouldn't normally draw. It's, it's designed to be an exercise to, to improve you, your skills as an artist. And so I like to partake in it because or participate in it because it's a, it's definitely a challenge drawing every day for 31 days. is not easy to do. You know, I've got other things in my life, but um, like but, me, yes, yes, like, yes, like Kimbra. Like Kimbra. <laughs> but, it, but at the end of the month, if, if when I do complete it and I can flip through 31 drawings, it, it's a really good feeling and you definitely learn stuff from it. So, over on Fantastic Cruising, we have a, a cruising community on Facebook. And last year, we uh, we sort of challenged our community, which is not an art community, uh, but there are some artists in there, and I think everybody is an artist if they want to be. And so, we came up with some fantastic cruising theme or cruise Halloween cruise themed words that people could draw to as prompts. And uh, we had several people participate, including Kimbra. I did. I I attempted it for a couple weeks, (laughs) a week and a half, maybe. Yeah. Which, which was good, which is great. So, but that's a lot. And I understand that. So this year we're going to actually do it to where we just have one, one thing a week. So we're hoping to get more participation and, and for the, for the long haul of the full month, and uh, you can even, we're going to, I think, maybe even do multiple prompts to choose from. So if you're like, I can't think of anything for that, yeah. uh, then you can have different options. And we're hoping, we're hoping to get uh, lots of participation. Yeah. So if you are interested in drawing or seeing what other people are creating, you know, go over to Fantastic Cruising Community on Facebook, answer a couple easy questions and, and we'll let you in and uh, you can participate or you can uh, just see what other people are doing. Hopefully we'll get some, some cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can commit to four drawings in a month. Yeah. I may do both. I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to, but it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. I know once I start though, <laughs> I'll be like, I have to finish. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I think I have, I, I think I have all the art skill uh, made for radio. So, um, but definitely again, to my students, you can definitely either go over to the website, um, go over to Facebook in order to be able to take a look at those things. You can hear the results of those things on fantastic cruising's podcast, um, which we encourage you to do as well. Um, and again, you know, just enjoy it, have fun with it. It's, it's all about just having, it's, it's about experimenting and really just in, in seeing how you are at the skill. Now, before we move on, um, I do want to touch base also on a couple of things really quick. Obviously the food in Florida, man, you guys have everything from Cuban cuisine to a number of different things. Anything really stand out to you in the way of like localized foods that are like, this is distinctly Florida food. <laughs> I mean, Cuban, Cuban's a big one. I've never had a Cuban until I moved down here. And whenever there's like a Cuban option, I'm usually like, yeah, let's try that. That's, <laughs> I'm really picky. So a lot of places I'm like, no, but I do like the Cuban. We're broadening that too, though. You're, we you're are. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> The, yeah, the Cuban food down here is, is amazing. And the interesting thing, there's a Cuban sandwich, which is which I'm a big fan of, but there's also just Cuban food in general. And there's a lot of really good restaurants. The interesting thing is, though, there's different Cuban, I guess, genres of food within the state. So if you go to Miami and order a Cuban sandwich, it's going to be different than a Tampa Cuban. Yeah. Mm. So, you, you know, you've got to collect them all. So you've got to try oh, yes. <laughs> And, and I think even though neither one of us like to eat it um, because we don't like the taste, I think for most people, a big, huge draw for Florida for the cuisine. Seafood. Yeah, seafood. And, and it's not because, you know, I'm, I'm a marine science guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yes, you should eat sustainably if you eat seafood. But, um, but it's just I just don't. I just don't like yeah, it, just, which, yeah. I, which I hate that I don't like it. I know I, because it's like really healthy and that would yeah. help a lot. And it looks delicious, but if it tastes just as wee bit fishy i just can't just can't do it but if you do like seafood there is a lot of amazing fresh seafood to be found in florida 
Excellent. And again, another plug to Fantastic Cruising. They just had a podcast on the top uh, top 10 things to get on a cruise ship food-wise, which I really like. I actually uh, sent you guys an email to participate with that. Thank you for uh, sharing that with the rest of the community. Uh, we obviously have some unusual tastes in, in the grouping, <laughs> so that's great. Um, but yeah, that's not exactly something you can get around the corner with a lot of those things. So, um, What about sports and recreation in your state? What, what kind of stuff do we got? So, uh, so Florida is a big college football state as far as like, as far as watching sports, um, or, or just sports that people root for. Uh, we, I mean, we just had the, the Tampa Bay lightning just won the Stanley cup in hockey. Yeah. Um, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here, the Jacksonville Jaguars up in Jacksonville, Miami dolphins in Miami and the um, Rays. The Rays are our baseball team. There's the Florida Marlins in Miami. They have the Florida Panthers hockey team. The Orlando Magic is the NBA team. I'm not a sports guy, but uh, but I do know the teams. The, you know more than I do. The, yeah. the exception I, I, is I, I sport the sport. The of talk about I, the I sport. call it sports ball. Okay, good. It's a thing where you try to go from one side of the court to the other side of the court, and that's yeah. pretty much what it is. And then sometimes it's basically a capture funny. the flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always had a weird obsession, even growing. Growing up in St. Louis with the Miami Dolphins, I think because as a child, I had NFL football sheets and and I liked Dolphins. So um, I've always had sort of a place, a warm place in my heart for the Dolphins. And I, and I, but at the time I hit the age where I understood football, Dan Marino was a quarterback and that was a really, that was the best time just about to be a Dolphins fan. So, but I don't, yeah, I'm not really, um, definitely not a, a, your typical male when it comes to watching sports but <laughs> which is great because i don't have to watch it good yeah welcome to my world um so and then in terms of holidays uh, i don't know that there are necessarily any state holidays for florida but there are communities within florida that have very specific either national pride holidays or uh, religious holidays correct yeah i mean we have one of the cool things like i said about florida is all the cultural diversity and and with cultural diversity you get cultural celebrations and so there there aren't any that i can think of that are overwhelming big state things i mean probably college football is the closest it comes to that in florida but um but I know uh, that in, we're in, I used to live in St. Petersburg, and above that, a little ways, is Tarpon Springs, which is a uh, heavily Greek area, which is a ta- talk about food. Oh, my gosh. If you like Greek yeah. food, <laughs> Tarpon Springs is you need to go right now. But um, but they also have a lot of, of I think, Greek, Greek Orthodox religious people. And so they do some crazy thing. I'd see it on the news every year where they jump into water and, like, I don't know, December, February, and when it's cold in Florida, and they would swim and and pick something up and come back. So that was like always a huge deal. So there's there's little things like that I think throughout the state, but uh, nothing overwhelming. Yeah. I know. Everybody... I know. At New Year's, Key West has like the big party. Everybody like jumps in the streets, and there's there's a drag queen that gets lowered down in, yeah. a, in a giant high heel shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Right, right. Um, yeah, and it seems like I, if you watch the New Year's Eve celebrations, I don't know if it's just because of where we live, but they show like Times Square and then they show Key West when they're going through the Eastern Time Zone. That seems to be the two big spots that they that they hit. At least that's the coverage I see. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you and I, however, we're going to have to have a conversation about what you deem as cold. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we have the Pacific Ocean on my side of the on my side of the map, and do you try and go in there early morning? Good lord, it is like. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll freeze. I need a wetsuit. So, um, talk, let's talk about population. Now, as we can see from here with all the red dots, it looks like most of the population is on the outskirts of Florida. Um, Kimbra, like, what are we talking about population wise for the state? And so it's about 21 million. Um, and most of like the, the heavily, you know, populated areas are going to be, like you said, along the coast. So like the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa, Jacksonville, and then right there in the middle is like Orlando. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, would you say for the most part, because um, I, I don't necessarily want to say it's all rural farming, but there's, there's a huge amount of the farming community and stuff like that within Florida, but there's also a lot of areas that are just not really conducive to construction of houses because of either swamps or just a lot of overgrowth and stuff like that, like wetlands, for example. Would you guys concur, would you guys concur with that or am I, mis, am I misreading that? 
Um, that's pretty accurate. So if you if you go into Central Florida, say south of Orlando, there's going to be a lot of of farming. There's Florida is one of the biggest cattle producers, I think, in the in the country. But uh, once you get down to there's a really large lake called Lake Okeechobee that drains into the Everglades. Once you get down there. Um, you get a little bit less agriculture. There is a lot of agriculture where they have sort of canaled and <laughs> drained the swamp. And uh, there's a lot of citrus and stuff that's grown down there. But then you have the, a huge portion still of Southern Florida that hasn't been drained. That is the Everglades and Big Cypress National Park or National Forest. And then if you go above Orlando, you have the uh, I think it's is it Osceola National Wildlife Refuge, which is a lot of protected land. But then on the outskirts of that, you have a lot more uh, agriculture and farming. Um, and then you have the only other thing you have in Central Florida besides Orlando is you have like Gainesville, which is the <laughs> university where University of Florida is. So that's yeah. kind of a big college town. But even that's fairly rural. You know, it's not a, it's a, it's a big college town, but it is a college town. Makes sense. Okay. Now in terms of what populates that economy, then um, obviously you have a lot of different things. You have a lot of different sectors of, of Florida, but most of it for the most part, I mean, yeah, you got Publix and Jabil as far as uh, general, you know, um, companies, but really Florida seems to be powered by tourism and traveling. And I know there's a huge restaurant sector there. There's a huge uh, uh, cruising travel tourism, um, sector vaca- vacation is a huge thing in florida um disney we talk, they're not even on this list here and it was one of those things where i know kimbra you and i were just talking that they're actually having to cut jobs because of the pandemic yeah. that's going on and that's totally unheard of but you also said that universal might be doing the same thing too yep universal is about to do the same thing too um which is really upsetting a lot of their part-timers are unfortunately getting laid off so unfortunate. I, I we I don't think that's really hit Southern California yet. I'm about seven, not even not even that. I'm about four miles from Disneyland, where I'm at, and I don't think we have been impacted by that as of yet. Um, but I think it's because some of the some of the Disney employees they have them doing other things while the park is kind of in motion right now. I, like for example, the downtown Disney district is really heavily populated. Um, they're trying to make sure all the rides are maintained and they're doing some construction, apparently secret construction that we're not really <laughs> privy to. So I don't know if they're using the employees to help with that, but we'll have to see about how that goes. Um, as far as travel and transportation within your area though, um, I, I told you the story that when I've traveled in certain areas, there have been two lane highways and then they, boom, you get to the cities and all of a sudden it's like eight lanes. So it's like, um, talk to me about your knowledge about, and, and you guys compare this to either Kimbra, you with Indiana or uh, Matt, you with uh, St. Louis. Like, what is your view in terms of the transportation corridor within Florida and how does that, how does that function? <laughs> So uh, in St. Louis, where I'm from, you have sort of, you have the, the main highway that goes north and south that kind of cuts through downtowns kind of in the middle. If you go to the east of that, you're in the Mississippi River. And then you have a big highway that sort of goes out and around through the county and connects the southern part of that to the northern part of that. And then there's a couple of highways that, that go sort of from downtown straight out west. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so anywhere you go, growing up in St. Louis, anywhere I would go practically, I would get on the highway unless I was literally going just a mile or two down the road. Florida's different we do have highways here for sure. Uh, it depends on what part you're in, like in the in the Tampa area. I'm on the highway more now that I, I live in Riverview, which is a little west of, of Tampa itself. In St. Petersburg, there was really just one highway that kind of went through there, but it was it was usually more convenient to not take it. Mm. Um, so if you're in Miami, it's it's a little bit different. The weird thing about Florida, though, is I feel like the cities are very compressed, sort of. I'm thinking biologically speaking, like laterally, like north and south, basically, because because everything's on the coast. So if you think about like these huge urban areas in Florida, you've got like Miami, Fort Lauderdale, all the way up, and it's but it's all it's very skinny, but it goes north and south, and so there's you know there's a couple highways that go north and south, and then you've got littler ones that are connecting it. But as far as navigating the whole state, you basically have 75 that goes north and south 
all the way up the, the west side of Florida. And on the right, on the east side of Florida, you have 95 that kind of does the same thing. At the top of the state, you have Highway 10 that kind of connects Jacksonville over through the Panhandle. And then when you go south, you really don't get a big major highway going across the state until you get to Highway 4, I-4, mm-hmm. which is where Orlando and like Cape Canaveral, Orlando over to Tampa, it ends in Tampa. And then you have 75 curves and goes across over to Miami. Was that the I four? Was that the I four corridor, or is that what yeah. I've heard? Okay, that's that, yeah. I've, I've heard that term before. I didn't know yeah. specifically what it was. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. So, so if you're going to go like say from Tampa to Miami, you basically you either have to go straight across the state on I four and then down 95, or you can go down 75 and go all the way across down that way. But you can't kind of go diagonally across because there's there's nothing there except for maybe some little roads, if that, because you're getting into the Everglades. <laughs> yeah. Kimber, how would you compare it to Indiana? Um, it's it's actually kind of similar-ish to Indiana. So the big thing with Indiana is Indianapolis is the capital, which is right in the middle of the state. And there's a highway that goes around it in a circle called 465. Okay. Um, and I think that's very similar to Orlando. There's kind of a highway that kind of goes around it. Um, and then there's two highways in Indiana that kind of go crisscross across the state. Mm-hmm. So from north to south one way and then north to south the uh, opposite diagonally. Okay. Um, so similar-ish to like Florida. Florida is more of a square, but kind of the same idea. You have one that goes up and down and whatnot. Um, the biggest difference for me um, coming to Florida is there's tolls. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Yeah. No tolls in Indiana until I came down here. There are definitely ways to avoid the tolls. Um, but yeah, the tolls here is the big thing. Yeah, there weren't very many tolls in St. Louis. I don't think I ever took a toll in St. Louis. And down here, you can avoid them, but sometimes you don't really want to. I thought yeah. all the highways in Indiana just went in an in a oval around and around and around. I mean, that's how, <laughs> that's how the Indianapolis 500 is. So yeah. You do that a lot. Um, and then in terms of the airports within the area, you guys have a, a huge variety to choose from. And they're all really sizable airports. I myself have been out of Miami and Orlando. And Orlando is the only one I actually went to that actually had a hotel in the airport itself, which was kind of interesting. Um, but in terms of you know tourism in your state, Come on. I mean, that is, the, <laughs> that is your state. Um, so yeah. it's just, so, I mean, like, not that I want to harp on things like COVID, but I mean, that has had to have hit you guys like super, super, super tough. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I think, I think Florida has really taken a big, bigger hit than some places because, uh, I mean, our, our main industry in Florida is definitely tourism. So yeah. It's pretty much shut it down. Like you were talking about Disneyland hasn't taken as, as big of a hit yet. Maybe that maybe because in Orlando, like that's the driving force and like Disney world is it's Epcot. It's, it's um, animal kingdom. It's universal studios. It's um, it's like five theme parks in one. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of theme parks and that, but that only reason people go there for the most part are either for theme parks or maybe like a convention or something. Yeah. So, people, so it's all that come shut down, down to Florida all the time. And even if they come down for something else, they usually end up hitting up Disney universal Legoland, you know, all of that is right there. I mean, of course there's places around, but Orlando is like all the theme parks are right there. Yeah. It just, like, yeah. everything stops. Everything stops now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're, they're open, but it, it uh, well, I, I guess now they can, go more capacity. Yeah, but, but I don't think they would. People based, aren't really Based on what that. I've seen, it's not happening yeah. anytime soon. They've set limits and they're sticking to them, yeah. which is really good. Right. Yeah, health-wise, it seems that it's, way. It's challenging, but you got to be safe. Yeah. Yeah, and I know the governor, I think I saw something that the governor wants to completely open up. Oh, he yeah, he, he just he just <laughs> did. But the, I mean, it's, so it's one thing for the government to say, yeah, swing the doors open, but it's another thing for a company to say, well, not so fast. We want to avoid liability issues and, and legal challenges that go along with something like that. In fact, your state is a little bit more right-leaning. Uh, it's, it's, it's a redder state right now, although it's a swing state during politics season, it seems. you know, Like you mentioned, the, the uh, 2000 election. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a good example, you know? So yeah, Florida is definitely a swing state and it, it's a, it'd be interesting to see which way it votes this year. Would you say that state and local, uh, state and local politics kind of mimic um, the federal politics as well in terms of 
like you guys have a two Republic, two Republican senators. Would you say that for the most part, it's Republican statewide and local wide for the most part? Um, I mean, I, I think again, it's it's sort of dependent on on uh, the urban sectors or tend to be a little more Democrat. So you get, yeah. I, I think, down in like the Miami area, it's a little bit more Democrat. And okay. uh, Tampa can kind of the Tampa Bay area can kind of go either way. Like I, um, St. Pete tends to lean a little bit more Democrat. Tampa kind of flexes. Jacksonville is usually Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, as far as resources within your state, um, obviously beaches and cruising are the biggest you know draws. I think probably in your state. You know, and, and it's not surprising consider how much coastline you guys have uh, on both sides of Florida. Yeah. Um, um, but obviously, as we may mention over and over again, uh, Disney is a huge employer there. Um, but then we, one of the other things that we didn't make mention of is NASA and Cape Canaveral and Cape Kennedy. There uh, is it Cape Kennedy or Cape Canaveral? I mean, I, it's it's Cape Canaveral. It's Kennedy Space Center. Got it. Okay, cool. And so, I mean, there's there's a lot of places to that Florida is known for. Um, uh, one of the things, though, as far as a resource is, like uh, you mentioned, Matt, is the citrus industry. There's a lot of citrus. I mean, a lot of people have heard of Florida orange juice, but there and there's a lot of different citrus that's out of there too. Correct? Yeah, I mean, oranges is the is the big one. It's on some of our license plates, but uh, but yeah, if you, if you go to the local farmers markets and or if you live in Florida, there's a good chance that you have citrus trees growing in and around wherever you live and uh, it's not just oranges there's there's all sorts of different versions of of oranges and and uh, grapefruits and and all sorts of things and as well as other sort of tropical you know florida has the environment where you can grow some of the tropical plants here and so you get especially in south florida you get some really interesting tropical fruits and, and just different plants things like that I'm going to put you on the spot here on something. If we're <laughs> if we were to choose a cruise creature for Florida, if we were going to choose one predominant creature for Florida, what would it be? You asking me or Kimbra? Both of you. <laughs> hey, the alligator. The alligator. The yeah. American alligator or the roseate spoonbill. Is that what it'd be for you? I would choose the roseate spoonbill. You would because it's pink. Because it's pink. Yeah. No flamingos in Florida, really. I mean, kind of. There are sometimes, rarely. Well, in in the wild, rarely, rarely, very limited places. But we have roseate spoonbills, which are pink birds, beautiful birds. Yeah. And they're fairly common. Yeah, I'd, I'd go alligator because my my main passion in as far as the animal world goes is is reptiles and within that it's crocodilians and the alligator's not my favorite crocodilian but it's up there really really high and uh, no, that would be the indian gariole that's right that's right look at that you get bonus points for that guy <laughs> yes <laughs> but but I, I definitely love our american alligator american crocodile too which is in south florida um really cool animals very cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> now, as far as education within your state, I mean, there's a huge number of colleges within the state of Florida. As you may mention, it's obviously a college sports center, too, you know, with uh, University of Florida, FIU, um, uh, Florida State University, and, of course, you know, all the stuff just in Tampa alone. Um, but in terms of before you get to college, you know, the literacy rate in Florida, um, they have their challenges, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's, would you, would you agree that it seems like a lot of the money uh, from the state uh, is in terms of education is funneled more into the cities than the, than the rural populations, or is it primarily because like we, I know we mentioned maybe there is a ESL component that's there as well that might have uh, impact on the literacy overall uh, chart. It can, it can be a, yeah, it can be a challenge. I, I just feel like as, as an, as an education person, um, I know that Florida as a whole is not, it's not the best place to be a teacher. If you're, if you're thinking of it from a fact, the aspect of like what resources am I going to have access to, uh, how much am I going to get paid? <laughs> and, uh, and there are a lot of challenges that, you know, a lot of different opinions on testing and, and that sort of thing that have been very controversial. You know, I was in, I got my degree in 2012 is actually when I graduated and just in the time that I was in school. And before that I've been teaching longer than that in various capacities. And since then, like the Florida state standards, they go through changes because different people decide this is the way to do it. So it's education. I I feel is undervalued as a whole in Florida. And uh, unfortunately that's reflected in um, some of our students suffer in that regard. 
That would be my opinion. <laughs> we need better education in Florida. And speaking as a professor, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you on that piece as well. Um, <laughs> and as far as safety and security goes, um, I'm trying to think if there's any major for like foreign terrorism threats that have hit like within the last couple of years that you've been aware of that has specifically impacted Florida. Yeah, the worst thing that I know of is the Pulse nightclub mm. incident, yeah. which was terrible. I think that was more than a couple years ago now, but it was I mean, 2016 or 17, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean that was that was horrible. Uh, we've had Sandy Hook, obviously, school shooting. Yeah, yeah that was really bad. Um, those are the only kind of terrorist or. I don't know if you call the school shooting a terrorist thing, but um, that I can. That's domestic uh, terrorism. Yeah. 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 But nothing foreign wise. I mean, it, well, I mean, yeah. as far as like the, the hijackers from 9 11, I, I think they had taken some, like you mentioned, like some. They did like flight classes. Flight I classes think, in Florida? I yeah. think they did that in Florida. Yeah. And then we had a kid who flew a small plane into a building in downtown Tampa, like right after that um but it was you know unfortunately he he was taking his own life nobody else was injured i don't think in that i don't nobody else was killed for sure yeah. but, and sadly there it was um you know it was, it was a young young man who was going through some depression so mm, but that but yeah yeah okay well not to, not to end on that note but <laughs> let, let's let's bring it up um so to, when, as we're ending this um, on this wonderful tour of Florida, and by the way, thank you both for sharing your insights on Florida with us. Sell me on why I would want to come to your area, like wh- like whether it's Tampa specifically or all of Florida. You know, sell, sell, give us a quick little elevator speech on why why go to Florida. <laughs> Um, I mean, there's, there's so much to do. Like the one, the weather is perfect. You don't have to worry about snow unless you're up North. Um, but you've got Disney, you've got universal, you've got Legoland, you've got beaches. There's the keys, there's diving. Um, there's just, there's so much you can cruise out of Florida. Oh yeah. Um, there's just, there's no reason not to come to Florida. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, and, and my speech would be similar to that, but I, I'm going to give it my sort of Matt spin on that, which is uh, I, I encourage when, pe- when people come to Florida, when, you know, the, the theme parks are great, the beaches are wonderful, but um, don't miss Florida. Don't miss our natural resources here, our, nat- natural, our national parks, um, the Everglades. Uh, don't miss all the wildlife that we have here. It really is a beautiful place, and there's a lot of amazing wildlife and habitats and ecosystems here that um that that are are like no place else in the continental united states so if i combine the two of you on this i would be come come for disney and and the amusement parks but stay for the wildlife is that what i'm saying okay there we go very cool (laughs) well i'd like to thank you both very much uh again for my viewers that are out there you can either watch their YouTube uh, through Fantastic Studios or go to their Facebook page. Uh, you can download the podcast on Fantastic Cruising. Take a drink. And of course, I want to thank you both, <laughs> Matt and Kimra, um, for your time. Thank you both very much. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. We, we always like being on your podcast. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you. You guys are so generous. Thank you so much. And again, for my students that are out there, if you have any questions, comments, you can send them to me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. If you're on YouTube right now and you see that little bell icon right up along the top of the screen here, click it if you want to be notified about new content that comes out. If you're not already subscribed, click the subscribe button. And if you like this content and you want to see more of it, give me a like. But for those on the podcast, if you if you would like, please give us a rating. We really appreciate it. Hopefully a good one. We really appreciate that even more. Um, but until next time, make every day a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting the Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.